remember how to do this? Yes. Oh, good. I was hoping you were going to say that. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. Hello, I'm Father Herb. I'm here with Michael. Uh, if we're a little rusty at podcasting, it's because it's it's been a while. We had to introduce ourselves to each other. <laughs> and you are. Yes. I forgot your name already. Uh, it's good to be with all of you. It's August. We are back after a little hiatus during the month of July. Well, see, we weren't gone a whole the whole month, but the podcast was gone the whole month. Um, the podcast takes longer vacations than we do. Speak for myself. You were gone most of July. No. So. <laughs> I, I was back by July 17th. I, ask. <laughs> I was gone a measly six days compared to your lavish vacation but yes it was it was extravagant it really was good for you that's and when great. you get to be my age we'll let you, we'll let you take it two weeks off that's kind of you i appreciate that i hope at that point i'm not working for you anymore because that would make you you deserve to retire eventually well that would also make you old Can you oh no i will never get old you'll I, never get old. i'm still 19 like when you hired me that's true. Remember that? That was about this. Well, not quite, yeah, it was. That's about this time. It of was year. July of two thousand five. Yeah, we we met at Bob Evans. I told you uh, this was like a blind date. I I said I'll be the one dressed like a priest, and the rest is history. How was your vacation, by the way? It, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about it over the weekend. No, let's put it on uh, the podcast. Okay, we can talk about it to the whole world. It was great. Good. A uh, couple numbers: five thousand one hundred and twenty-three. Miles on, on your my car. car. That's Five thousand. That's a lot. The first thing you said when you got back was you were going to get an oil change. Did you? I did <laughs> the very next morning. The second number is twelve. Yeah, twelve states. The That's third great. number is eight. Eight national parks or national wow. monuments. Some of them, like Devil's Tower, is not really a national park status, but it's called a monument. Sure. And uh, three. The number three. Three. <laughs> The Holy Trinity? Yeah, that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there were three of us, my sister, Judy, oh, my brother-in-law, Vern, and I. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sent me a picture when you were at Mount Rushmore. Oh, yes. And I sent you back the caption, the five fathers. Did you get my pun? I did. Because not the four fathers, because there's the four, four, four fathers, F-O-U-R. Get it? Got uh, it. All right. I, you know, the joke is three weeks old at this point, but I just wanted to make sure. But, you know, it was very joyful, uh, beautiful scenery, good weather, uh, not overly crowded anywhere. You know, all those things that people warned us about yeah. uh, didn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> Like what? Oh, like, like overly people crowded, said, People said weather. everything would be really crowded. Uh, people said the price of gas would be high. You'd have to wait in line to get gas. None of that was true. Oh, good. Uh, we had uh, interesting people we met along the way. Mm -hmm. And that's always fun. I, I love meeting people. Sure. Stayed in some interesting places, especially at the national parks. That's great. Well, we are glad you are back, and it's uh, good to be podcasting again. Yes, it is. And guess what? What? We are in the middle, not the middle, we're in the second week of John chapter 6. Uh, I must say, you know, this happens every three years. I really enjoy this time of the summer during this liturgical cycle because it's just a nice time to um, spend some time in John 6. And generally, we get to sing the same responsorial psalm for like four weeks in a row. It makes some, my job so easy. Let, this year it's different because the Feast of the Assumption breaks it up a bit. Okay, but. so it is the, the Lord gave them bread from heaven or something? Usually it's t taste and see the taste goodness of the Lord. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. But it'll, it's coming. Just wait. Well, real quickly. On July 25th, yeah. Sunday passed, 
was the introduction. It was the multiplication of loaves and fish, mm-hmm. five barley loaves and two fish. There might have been a rye thrown in. Nope, no rye, just no. barley. <laughs> that that was no first. ciabatta. And, and then we skip a little bit of John six, where Jesus walks across the water. Yeah, that's not listed at this time. <laughs> Small. And then the crowd we'll follows, and that's where we pick up today. And this is the actual discourse on the Eucharist, and it goes on for several weeks now. And that's what makes it so important. You really have to read all of this together. And I learned the first year I was ordained a priest, you have to prepare all your homilies together in advance. Right. Because otherwise you say everything you know about the bread of life on the Um, first Sunday. And then we... And then the next Sunday you say it again, and then you say it again, and then you say it again. Or you could take another week, couple week vacation. You just right. get it done. And let somebody else say it. Head, head the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it's really good, but I think I'm always amazed. It's, it's such an um, incredible uh, segue because in July, we talked about Jesus going to a secluded place to be away from the apostle, uh, from the crowd, and yeah. they follow him. They get there ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And it says he looked at them with pity because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began to teach them. And then that becomes the segue into the multiplication of loaves and fish because he keeps teaching them and they stay all day and they're out there in a deserted area and they are very hungry. So he feeds them. But the other thing is it's, it transitions from Mark's gospel story of the multiplication of loaves and fish to John's account of the multiplication of loaves and fish. I have a question for you. Sure. And when we talk about him teaching them, I know this is early on in John's gospel, and I may be thinking too chronologically here, but I know early on in Matthew's gospel, we have the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. In Matthew's account, would that teaching be a portion of the Sermon on the Mount? Is this intertwined with those teachings, or is that unrelated? I do not know. Okay. We do not know, just as he taught them. Okay. It doesn't say, he taught them, see Matthew 5. (laughs) No, he took took his cliff notes. Yeah, really. Uh, Well, we we don't know, really, but we do, I don't know what his, you know, Matthew and Luke both have times where he simply teaches. Mm -hmm. In John's gospel, the teaching all comes during the farewell discourse. You know, he says other things like, beware, beware of this, and way of behaving or beware of that. Sure. But the reality is, uh, what did he teach the crowds? He probably gave them messages of hope. He probably told them about the scriptures that they knew, which the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. Sure. And basically, basically helped them realize how that was going to be fulfilled. Maybe a little common core he threw in. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah, sure. He, <laughs> he took it seriously for a second, folks, and then he realized. I, I realized it was that sarcasm. I, I have to get used to. He's back. Re- reeling Michael back in. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yes. All right, keep going. I'm sorry. Okay, so anyway, so so we are in John's gospel, and so we're going to stay with chapter six because this is the the great discourse on the Eucharist in John's gospel. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay with it. For several weeks now, as you just referenced a little bit ago, sure. In two weeks, for August fifteenth, because August fifteenth is the feast of the Assumption of Mary. It happens to be on a Sunday, so that was supersede. So we are going to step out of John's Gospel for one week, right? And that I 
I enjoy celebrating the Feast of Mary for sure. August 15th. Sure. But I'm a little disappointed that it happens right during this time. Right. Because it kind of messes up the flow a little bit. Right. But, but we'll, get, you we'll, know, get, we'll get back to it again. Hail, Holy Queen, enthroned above. Yes. Okay, so uh, shall we read the gospel? Uh, why don't we? It's long, so let's break it up somehow. Um, why didn't you just start, and then I'll jump in when I feel like jumping in. <laughs> I'll start in when, when the, they said to him, what can we do to accomplish the works of God? I told you guys we were rusty. This is fine. All right, you just, you just signal me when it's time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate man in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger and whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, slash mic drop moment. Okay, this is a powerful last line, isn't it? It's the mic drop I moment. am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Yeah, it's like throughout this whole passage, there's this like back and forth verbal. Well, it's really crazy. Picture this. Jesus feeds the crowd, 5,000. It says 5,000 men. That's like probably the amount of people you had over for your last dinner party, right? Yes, 5,000 5, men. And you have to assume, they did they really mean men as in male uh, adults? Or just and people? And if, if, if so, then we're talking about 15,000 people or something, maybe more. Who knows? It was a lot of folks. Sure. And he fed them. Okay. So then the boats leave and they, they walk and Jesus walks across the lake. They get to the other side. And after all this has happened, they say, Jesus, show us some sign of who you are. So after he just multiplied the loaves and the fish. He fed this huge crowd. After he, he walked, walked on the water, the water. And they say, give us a sign. And he wants to say, give me a break. Right. Uh, it's like, guys, hello, hello. And then he finally tells them, he says, you don't really believe you just got a free meal. You would like to have more to eat. Sure. Now, actually, I think that's a, a very serious thing because remember, a free meal was major in those days. Mm -hmm. People did not eat three meals a day sure. or they certainly did not, did not eat enough that there was leftovers. Mm -hmm. When Jesus fed them, there was leftovers. 
most of the world for most of uh, huma humankind history did not eat the way we Americans do. So we almost have to step out of our own experience. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in Kenya just a few years ago, the, the, the people ate so much and I couldn't believe even the kids because there, there was this gathering that I was a sponsor for Unbound and one of our leaders said, that this is probably the only meal they'll have today and they know that. Yeah. So they would eat as much as they could. Because let's be honest, most of us don't equate food with energy, nourishment, you know, all the the way that food is designed to satisfy our bodies so that we can run efficiently. I would say the majority of Americans don't think of it that way. It's just Do, do you run efficiently? Do I, <laughs> I run to the refrigerator do sometimes? Do you run? Do, I, some days. I'm putting you on the spot. I haven't run in a while. I are, know. I are, noticed. Are we going to talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. You're, you're the one who usually brings up these uncomfortable moments. That's true. I think I might even be blushing a little bit right now. But but truly, like we, we don't equate food necessarily with fuel like yeah. we should. It's just. so. But Jesus taps into that. Yeah. He says, you want food. Right. You want food. And they even reach the point, sir, give us this bread always. Because he compares it with the Old Testament. They said, you know, our ancestors ate man in the desert, which is true. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says, it was not Moses who gave you the bread. It was my heavenly father gave, gives you the true bread. And they say, aha. And this will go on the next couple of weeks. They still want something so they don't work so hard. I don't think we have that ability to put ourselves in the place of working hard all day to get enough food to survive till tomorrow so that we can work hard all day to get enough food to survive to the next tomorrow. Sure. That was the mindset. That was what life was. Life was tough. Yeah. Very tough. And so Jesus is you picking up on that deepest yearning. It's like one of those basic cravings. Mm -hmm. And I use the word craving intentionally, not craving a particular uh, type of food, but food itself, hunger, mm -hmm. and just saying, I will give you something and you will not be hungry. And then, of course, he is starting to turn it around to go talk about spiritual food. Well, that's because that's our real hunger. That's wow. Maybe we are still pretty good at this because I read your mind. That's what I was going to say. You were broadcasting it. That <laughs> I have a sign in the room that just says next subject. Uh, no, I that you know that we equate we use that word a lot with spirituality is that we hunger we're hungering we yeah. long for something you know um and i think the world i think the world is very hungry for spirituality and does but they don't necessarily know it and that was what i was going to say again i'm taking all your good lines you are uh, but here's the thing if your hunger is spiritual and you misread it and think your hunger is for food or stuff yeah or for attention or for luxury items or insert whatever you can get any of those. And guess what? The hunger is still there because you did not satisfy the hunger. Right. It's like, you, you know, you have an itch in the middle of your back and you decide to scratch your arm because you can reach it. It's the itch is still going to be in the middle of the back. <laughs> Did you want me to scratch your back? No. no. Okay. I just make sure you're just trying yeah, to be, a that good was friend. just a metaphor. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how many people 
do we hear this from? How many times have we experienced this in our own lives? And just because you, just because you uh, satisfy that hunger or you have a spiritual moment or you have you know, a day where you feel like, oh, I feel like I'm doing pretty well with God, that doesn't mean that you, know, you talked about we survive this day just to work hard the next day to survive the next day. It doesn't mean that we're not going to experience that spiritual hunger again. Un- unless you can have the hunger that you'll never hunger again. I mean, you'll have the food and you'll never hunger again. Sure. And that's what Jesus is saying. That closing line, and I think this is the first time in this dissertation. Yeah. Uh, chapter six. Yeah. It's the first time he says, I am the bread of life. Now he will say that other times. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back for just a second, though, because I know plenty of Catholics that receive the Eucharist that are still spiritually hungry. So it, it's, it's a nice saying to say, oh, well, if you eat the bread of life, you'll never be hungry again. That's great. But I know plenty of people that are still spiritually searching that receive the Eucharist frequently. And So what do we do? So what's happening? Now, that's my question. Well, I don't know that it's just receiving once will satisfy it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it can. But I think it's being one with the Eucharist. Yeah. We, the word communion is a wonderful word, mm-hmm. and we made it into um, an object to receive. Yeah. I, I, I receive communion, I get communion, or we, we have our first communion. Yeah. But it really is communion with. The word come for communion, yeah. Latin cum, C-U-M, means with. Yeah. So it's union with. So we have to learn through reception of the Eucharist to live in union, in community, mm-hmm. in communion with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we are satisfied. But so it, it comes about through Eucharist. I had something really sad happen, and I don't, I'm not blaming anybody, but it was very sad. If you remember last summer, summer of 2020 with COVID, we had our first Holy Communion Masses. We broke them into four Masses. So we had a small group for kids with their parents, and it spread out over most of last summer. We had one in June, maybe one in June, two in July, and one in August. So parents could choose when they would come with their child to receive First Holy Communion. Right. There were pretty good celebrations, but we knew it was very limited, ability for the family to be there. Well, things got worse last fall in terms of COVID. Things got very bad back in December and January, mm-hmm. and they started getting better this spring, especially after vaccinations came around. Mm-hmm. So this year, it was around the time of beginning of May when we were celebrating First Holy Communion mm-hmm. in our church. I remember that. And a family walked in the back and not for First Communion Mass, but at that time, it was about that time, they walked in, and the mother pointed to her son and said, this is his first time back since his First Communion last year. Wow. And it just, I felt sad. Now, I think I can totally understand. I think I can also even uh, maybe justify, because especially for children who can't get vaccinated, all the fears and trepidations and hesitations, but I also found it extremely sad that that child had received the f- communion the first time yeah. but did not get a chance because the child, obviously, 
he or she could not drive themselves to church. Sure. So um, it's 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 like getting into a state of relationship, mm-hmm. not just going and getting something. You know, that's interesting because the story that I think of is uh, some somebody that I know that went through RCIA, and I think. There was so much buildup and excitement of the sacraments, specifically the Eucharist, that when they received, when they came into the church, I believe they were baptized even, when they came into the church and they received Eucharist for the first time, I think for them it wasn't this outer body experience. Um, it was very ordinary, but in a very sacred sort of way. And, and in some ways, after talking to them, I think it was a bit of a letdown. Uh, just the experience overall. I think they were expecting it to be this, you know, mountaintop experience. But I think what speaks to that is that you don't just do it once and that's it. I mean, you know, some sacraments are by design a one-time thing. Like, you're not going to go be ordained a priest again. I'm not going to get married again. But the Eucharist calls us daily if if we choose it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's something that... that the Lord invites us into each and every day if, if we want it. So I think there's something to be said about that. I'm going to just move us a little bit, pivot us, because the key word in this particular passage of John 6 is hunger. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to get in touch with the hunger within us. And as you said, uh, some people receive communion and they're still hungry spiritually. Yeah, But I think we... We have to be, start naming the hunger that's coming about, and that will be the challenge uh, to get to be extremely honest. Yeah. What kind of hunger is really propelling us forward? I think that's good. Maybe a little homework this week in our prayer, just to maybe journal or jot down or meditate on things that we are hungering for. Sound good? Sounds good. Speaking of which, I'm just going to say, I do feel a little hungry. You want to go get some meat? Uh, eventually. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Take care.